What is, in my opinion, one major element of a potential Missouri upset in Alabama on Saturday? Plus, it looks like the SEC may be leaning towards a single division model. So let's talk about all that and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts just by checking out LockedOnMizzou.com. And I tell you, this is looking like a much more possible Missouri upset on Saturday the more I think about this. And yes, by the way, despite how horrific, and indeed that was a horrific loss to Kansas State in week two, if Missouri somehow wins this ball game and gets off to a 3-1 and one start, well, that's all I was really asking for. So let's keep all of this in context. Missouri has certainly had great seasons before, where they've had terrible performances, notably the 2014 shutout against Georgia and also a loss to Indiana at home for a team that ultimately ends up winning the SEC East. Now, I'm certainly not predicting that, especially not with the way the Georgia Bulldogs are playing this season, but let's not write off the season just yet. And I think a win in Auburn, to say the least, I think could really turn the tide before Missouri. And quite honestly, I don't think the value of a quick start in this particular situation can be overstated here. In all of my years as a college football fan, I'm not sure I've seen a fan base more ready to turn on its coach in week four of year two of that regime ever, to the point where I have an Auburn friend who, for these purposes, will remain anonymous, who admitted that he actually hopes Missouri wins this week. And this is a level-headed guy. This is a guy who doesn't just shoot off at the mouth very easily. That's how bad it is for the Auburn Tigers right now. These people are already ready to start over with a new coach. Again, we're not even... Not even a third of the way f- through the season, and that's how these people th- feel in week two. So, like I alluded to, a quick start for Missouri. Let's say they get a quick touchdown on the board offensively. Maybe they get a turnover, possibly even a Luther Burden touchdown play, just some kind of big time play that gets the crowd out of the ball game. You could hear some boo birds rather early here. I mean, like I said, this fan base is really, really tense right now. Now, what's interesting is Eli Drinkwitz says he's indebted to Brian Harson, the former Boise State coach, current head coach at Auburn. He said he believed in me when not many people did. You see, Harson actually hired Eli Drinkwitz down at Arkansas State and, and later at Boise State as well. So, Despite the fact that, again, my friend is telling me that if Missouri wins this ball game, he thinks there's a good chance that Brian Harson won't survive till the next week. 
So that's really an amazing statement to me. And it also creates a weird dynamic where Eli Drinkwitz has to want to drive the stake into the heart, the final nail in the coffin of a guy who is obviously his friend, mentor, all of those things, and above. Frankly, I wish this were a Dan Mullen situation where Drinkwitz was ready to get sweet, sweet revenge instead of, well, he's also going to be coming down to Auburn, as Drinkwitz said just a few minutes ago, for the first time since 2013. So definitely an interesting dynamic here from two old friends and colleagues and two guys who are absolutely in desperate need of a victory. It's not too crazy to say that Brian Harson might literally be coaching for his job on Saturday. And while Eli Drinkwitz certainly doesn't have those kind of stakes, a 3-1 and one start would just get the momentum and good feelings back in this program to the point where I think actually a borderline sellout, especially with the Georgia Bulldog fans as well as they travel and those glorious recreational vehicles of theirs, I think that could be a borderline sellout. So that would be a good thing for the program, regardless of, frankly, the fact that Georgia is just on another level right now and Missouri basically has no chance in that game. But still, a night game, a chance to have a little bit of fun, get some get some energy into that stadium, I think it'd be all good. And more, most importantly, people aren't really thinking, oh, Missouri's definitely going to beat Georgia, you know, that kind of deal. So what I'm saying is keep the momentum going. You start three and one. That's basically where you wanted to be. And suddenly the Kansas State debacle from week two is much more in the rearview mirror. Now, while obviously there were some positives in the Abilene Christian game, I think most Missouri fans, including myself, came away from that ball game fairly fairly underwhelmed, especially with the offense overall outside of a couple explosive plays. But I saw some criticism by at least one major writer that said that Eli Drinkwitz was putting his players basically at risk, at unnecessary risk of injury by playing his starters fairly deep into the fourth quarter of that ball game. Well, I just have to disagree with you there respectfully because in my opinion with an offense that's clearly struggling, what's he supposed to do? Because not only is the offense in general looking bad, primarily the offensive line, but how is the first unit supposed to get better by sitting on the bench? You obviously have limited practice time in college, quite limited in fact. Well, you got to get better somehow. You have to use those game moments. It's one thing if, yeah, you're clicking on all cylinders and you want to make sure heading into the Auburn game that everybody's healthy. Obviously, that's a priority and certainly an important priority. No question about that. But to me, when you're Missouri and you're struggling offensively or defensively, whatever whatever aspect of the game it is, but in this case, especially offensively, you do not have the luxury to do that, nor have you earned it, quite frankly. So I have plenty of, of criticisms, hopefully constructive criticisms for Eli Drinkwitz, but to me, that wasn't one of them. And coming up, I want to talk about big picture in the Southeastern Conference, in particular, the schedule is looking like we're heading toward a single division model 
if you listen to the commissioner. Plus, I got to correct an assumption I made about Oklahoma and Texas, quite frankly, in light of Greg Sankey's comments. But first, I want to tell you about inflation. Yes, I realized it was real when I quickly got through the beer line, but IPAs were $15 a piece. That's when I knew, folks. That's when I knew inflation was absolutely real. But if you're cringing at the pump or the beer line or the grocery store, wherever it might be, I've got a solution to help get you some money back. It's called the Upside app. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas groceries or dines out because with every purchase I'm earning cash back thanks to upside how easy is it to use well it's honestly too good to be true you use it I've used it it works it's frankly a no-brainer and what do I plan to do with all this cash back well that's right fight inflation you've heard me get more ipas obviously clearly that's what i'm going to be doing so download the free upside app use the promo code locked and get five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more that's five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of ten dollars or more using the promo code locked once again download the free upside app today. Well, I have to admit, I think I made an incorrect assumption recently when I saw that Oklahoma and Tennessee were being told by the Southeastern Conference not to play their scheduled game next season. I thought, well, here it comes. Oklahoma and Texas will be coming next year, but well, I guess I need to pump the brakes slightly here because commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, pointed out that Alabama and Texas, their game in Tuscaloosa, is still very much on for 2023. And quote, that's a pretty good sign that conference alignments are going to stay that way next year. So could it be 2024? Well, that's looking a little bit more likely, but I think we already know 2025 is the very latest that that's going to happen. And it seems like one of the stated reasons for maybe wanting to wait another season is that Sankey says that he doesn't want to have to deal with a 10-month rescheduling window like what happened back in the 2011-2012 period when Missouri made the SEC the 14-team structure that it's been for the last decade. Now here's the thing. The focus, let me quote here from Sankey just real quick. He says, the focus in football is on a single division right now. The real debate is eight or nine conference games. That doesn't mean divisions are completely erased from our consideration, but they're not at the forefront of our thinking. And he also points out that it is not certain by any stretch of the imagination that they're going to go with nine games. So this very much is still up for debate. I think the assumption for at one time was that nine was sort of inevitable just just for simple marketing and just for simple revenue reasons. Nine is more than eight when it comes to negotiating a television contract. But also, interestingly, despite the fact that SEC seems to be moving toward a single division model, Sankey also said that The pod model, he says pods 
really don't work either. So I got to say, I'm, I'm surprised and a little bit disappointed by these comments. Not so much about Alabama, not so much, excuse me, about Texas and Oklahoma, whether they come next year or two years from now, three years from now, I, I really couldn't care less about that. But as far as the future scheduling model goes, well, I have to admit, again, I'm, I'm getting a little bit worn out with FCS games, for instance. So if instead of Abilene Christian this year, if Missouri was playing, say, LSU, wouldn't that be quite a bit more of an attractive game? I think we're all nodding in agreement as I said this. And certainly it's a more attractive game for your television partners as well. And certainly the SEC at some point is going to be entering into those types of negotiate of negotiations again. So maybe all of this, the 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 argument between eight and nine conference games, I'm sure that that the coaches don't want it. I understand that, but ultimately, hey, you guys are getting paid. Some of you are getting paid north of ten million dollars a year now. Shut up and go play the games. That's what we pay you the big bucks for. So that part I don't really care about. I honestly don't care what the coach's opinion is. But at the same time, to me, I still say that not only go with nine games, but hey, actually, yes, the pod system, in my opinion, Greg Sankey. In other words, everybody has three permanent rivalry opponents. That really works to me. We actually broke it down, and by me, I mean myself and all my colleagues of the different hosts of the Locked On Locked on Auburn, locked on everybody, even the locked on Longhorns and locked on Sooners guys. Well, they had their say on who they would like to be their three permanent rivals. And really, it all worked out kind of perfectly. You know, Texas was still playing Texas A&M and Oklahoma. And then you could argue if they should play Arkansas or whoever. But when you really break it down, none of these traditional rivalries, these traditional SEC schools, really absolutely have to play anybody more than three times. And as a Missouri fan, this isn't even a a selfish statement whatsoever because I realize that as a Missouri fan, we're the junior members of this league. What we want as far as scheduling goes and as far as who are, in theory, for instance, our three permanent rivalries would be, well, nobody really cares what we think. And that's fine, honestly. I'm okay with that. I understand that since we're the new guys, yes, preserving rivalries between obviously Auburn and Alabama and and Alabama and Tennessee, for instance, is a heck of a lot more important than whatever Missouri's scheduling preferences are. So whatever they want to give us would be fine, but I just think it would be best for the entire league if once again, it's a nine-game schedule with three permanent opponents every single year. And coming up, by the way, while a lot of Missouri football fans are disappointed with the start right now, if Missouri wins next week, I know I'm repeating myself, but 3-1 and I think is exactly the start that most of us realistically were hoping for. So let's actually compare what Missouri's been going through to the rest of this conference, including a lot of highly ranked teams that are future opponents coming up after these messages. A lot of talk in recent years, and and with good cause, by the way, about how top-heavy college football has become. Now, obviously, 
the haves and the have-nots has always been a very real reality in this sport. But it seems like at the very, very top, of course, you know I'm talking about Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and then to a lesser extent, you would say Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Michigan, and then there's basically a pretty significant drop-off after that in a lot of ways. Well, that definitely manifested itself this past week where Alabama cruised to a 63-7 to victory over a Division One opponent. Georgia pounded South Carolina into submission 48-7. to Ohio State put 77 points on the board. And according to Football Outsiders, this is a quote from one of their articles that I thought kind of summed up the week quite nicely. Beyond the top, weaknesses were exposed, concerns were magnified, and expectations were diminished. Well, that sounds kind of familiar to what Missouri fans experience after week two against Kansas State. And obviously, well, like I just pointed out, some great performances at the top. USC's offense is looking pretty good. The Sooners look fine. I think Kentucky is for real. But now once you get to the ninth-ranked team in the AP Top 25, Oklahoma State is undefeated, but, you know, they didn't exactly blow the doors off of Central Michigan. Their fans were probably feeling as lukewarm as Missouri fans did after Abilene Christian. You might have noticed Arkansas had to pull out a couple huge explosive plays at the end of the game to beat Missouri State and their former coach, Bobby Petrino. Tennessee undefeated, well, they had a they pulled off a thriller against Pitt and for the most part have been about what you'd expect a Josh Heupel-led team to be so far. Number 12, North Carolina State got really fortunate to beat East Carolina in week one. Utah at 2-1 and one, lost to a, a somewhat shaky Florida team who's also 2-1. and one. And, well, frankly, Penn State, I think, after watching their game, this could be my bias, though. Well, they could be a little bit underrated at the 14th team in the country. Now, I'm not going to go through every team in the Power Five. My point here is that once you get past the top 10 or so, there are lots of teams that have had weaknesses exposed, concerns magnified, and expectations slightly diminished. Again, it's week three, it's college football in an era where we have more transfers than ever, and especially ones that are going out, that are going to the absolute elite programs. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of turnover and a lot of unpredictability early in the season. We're just going to have to see how all of this shakes out, because for as much as I think the college football playoff, the Final Four, is going to be pretty predictable in terms of who is in it once again. Well, how the rest of it shakes out is going to be pretty wild, quite honestly. And hopefully Missouri can just keep improving and find itself in that mix as the season goes along. But hey, that's just my optimistic take. And you know what? If you want to hear maybe a more, let's just say, objective take, on the Tigers and the rest of the Southeastern Conference. Make Locked On SEC your second listen today. Every day, Chris Gordy and his local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in less than 30 minutes, so make Locked On SEC your second listen today. That's Locked On SEC. So, until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked 
on Mizzou.